Hello, you lovely lot. I wanted to take a moment to share an exciting announcement with you all. I will be doing a live show for Happy Mum, Happy Baby at the podcast show in London on the 22nd of May. This will be a live episode of this very podcast featuring me and a very special soon-to-be-announced guest. Get ready for a candid conversation, unfiltered truths, laughs, invaluable non-judgmental advice and lived experiences. Dive into the complexities of parenting while juggling work, relationships and personal growth and we'll be talking beyond the baby years. As well as the live episode, the show will also include a Q&A with both me and my guest. Tickets go on sale this Friday the 26th of April at 10am, but anyone who is part of the Happy Mum, Happy Baby newsletter will be getting early access to tickets on Wednesday the 24th of April at 10am. To sign up to the newsletter and for more information about the event, please head to happymumhappybaby.com forward slash events. I can't wait to see you there. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Happy Mum, Happy Baby, the podcast. It is a special. We are between series right now. However, one of my favourite children's authors, um, I love reading books to my kids. He is doing a special project with Apple, uh, Apple TV, for an original adaptation of one of his books. And I heard he was available and I and I jumped at the chance to talk to him. Um, it is the amazing Oliver Jeffers. Thank you. Hello. How are you doing? I think everybody's available at the minute. What, what is anybody else doing? I know. We're all stuck. When at you home. ask someone if they're available and they don't say and they and they say no, I'm busy. You're like, really? <laughs> well, I suppose I actually haven't had a chance to stop and, and think for myself. We're in lockdown with two small kids, so I, I understand every parent out there who's uh, trying to homeschool and do any kind of a job and, and keep the house in order. It's it's a tall order, really. Well, because you're normally in New York. Yes, we're normally in New York, yeah. We were uh, about halfway through a year of travel when uh, all of 
they started to go down and we read the writing on the wall and, and we retreated back to Belfast to be closer to family, ironically, uh, because we can't actually see anybody. We've been here for six weeks and we haven't been able to see anybody. That must be so weird because usually you're used to not seeing them because you live in America. Yeah. But now you're around the corner from them and you still can't see each other. Yeah, yeah. It's It, it, it makes it all the more frustrating. Really, uh, just because everybody's right there and you just and you could and you want to, but you can't. Now you just get cheaper calls. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But people have it worse. So we're not complaining. Mm. Um, that's very true. So at the moment, you are doing a bit of promo because one of your books, um, here we are, it has been adapted for TV. So talk to me, first of all, a little bit about that, because it's been um, uh, voiced by Meryl Streep and Chris O'Dowd. Yep, that's true. Uh, well, it's so the the book came out maybe two years ago, three years ago. I don't even know what year it is right now. Uh, and it was a book that was written for my son. That was him just sneaking in the room there a second ago. He's sitting mm. over in the sofa. Um, I had been talking to Studio AK about an adaptation project, um, and we were we were discussing other things. And then this book came out, and Philip, the director, saw it and said that this should take priority over anything else. And we didn't quite know what we were going to do and who with at that point. But right around then, Apple came came, came knocking, showing a lot of interest, and uh, Studio AK presented this project. And the timing seemed great because it was coming up to the 50th anniversary of Earth Day. Um, mm. And this has obviously got a, a, a very strong moral message towards uh, social and environmental responsibility. And so it seemed like a wonderful project uh, just for the simple reasons of Earth Day, none of us, of course, realizing how uh, how timely and, and relevant it would be as a message for people feeling a little lost and frustrated and stuck at home in a, in a large and scary world. Mm. It feels really important to have it out there now. Mm, it does, yeah. And the just the simple realization that you're not alone. Uh, and I, th I think everybody is reevaluating the things that they prioritize of, of most importance in their life. And, you, you know, something in a world where people have been sprinting very hard uh, and, and running as fast as they can and, and consuming as much as they can just by default. It turns out that some of the things that we actually cherish the most are close at hand, which is our relationship with other people. Mm. What was your childhood like? Because it's funny now talking to you. I imagine you grew up in Belfast. I did, yeah. And here, here you are now back in Belfast. Yeah, really yeah. I can actually time. see probably across the lock there the house that I grew up in. If I had a pair of binoculars, um, I had I had a lovely upbringing. I've, uh, despite all the political troubles here, my parents um, raised me and my three brothers with as much normality as possible. Um, they always encouraged us to, tra us to travel. They never pr pr place great stock on either side of the political divide. And, uh, and my dad's a, an educator and he's always said that the, the surest sign of intelligence in other people is curiosity. You know, the, the, those who remember lots of facts are only proving that they've got a good memory, not that they're actually intelligent. Uh, and so it's, it's attitudes like that and, and little lessons like that that were always important to us. And we were encouraged to be curious and go out and see the world. Uh, and that was the, the atmosphere in our household. It was great. We would go out and play in the street. We would go out and play football. We had, we went to one of the first integrated schools in Northern Ireland that, that had both Catholics and Protestants that went to it, uh, which felt strange to explain whenever I was living in New York to uh, an intern who was in, in the studio who, who grew up in, in rural Alabama. That integrated here meant something very different to integration there. Uh, yeah. And just how how small and petty that these problems that that people had put so much stock in for years, whenever you leave and you realize how little anybody else cares, 
it just seems like such a massive waste of energy. But it's Belfast has always been home to such wonderful people and great storytellers. And uh, geographically, it's a beautiful city. And the, the, the culture has always been rich. Um, and the, the people know how to tell a story and, and crack a joke. Mm. <laughs> well, you had a love of storytelling even from a young age. Yeah, I did. Uh, always, always have. And it's uh, it, that mostly came through in the form of, uh, of making art, of making pictures and those pictures attempting to tell a story. Uh, and I didn't, I didn't quite realize that I was making stories un, until quite far down the line. I imagine it was um, quite a loud house to grow up in as well. I've got three boys and the noise, there's a lot of noise. Yeah, yeah, there was. Somebody once ventured that perhaps the reason that all of my books are about a lonely child in a, in a very empty world is, <laughs> is perhaps my uh, my fantasy of of what was missing in my own life. <laughs> <laughs> and did you ever think about having your own children and what that would look like? Uh I, well, obviously, I'd always thought that, that that might happen at some point. Never really spent too long wondering what it would look like in, in advance. Um, and, of course, my granny always said, you know, the when when my wife was due to give birth to this one behind me here, she's like, do you feel ready? And I was like, not at all. And she goes, nobody's ever ready. It's so true. You can read all the books you like. You yeah. can do all the forward planning. But actually, you, know, you don't know what it's going to be like. She had eight kids and something like 24 grandkids and... 29 great grandkids and so she knew what she was talking about <laughs> very true uh, and you were already living in america because you and your wife you've been together were you childhood sweethearts uh in, in our early 20s and so we've been living together in new york for for coming up with 15 years now we met wow. here and then we went there together um so yeah almost 15 years and did you ever think about where you would bring up kids or was it a case of you were settled there? And uh, No, I don't. I, that, that, yeah, interesting question, because uh, for the last couple of years in America, it's felt it's felt strange to be part of a system that we v vehemently disagree with. But so we yes, it's been a it's been an open ended question that we haven't quite resolved, still haven't quite resolved. But I think just as long as they feel steady and secure enough in the, the whatever environment that we have with us on the move, then then we're okay with that. And we can probably get away with that for a little longer. Moving around. What has it been like traveling around with them? Uh, at certain points, we question our sanity. Because <laughs> we, were, we were quite literally dragging two children, kicking and screaming across the world. Where did you go? We were in Europe from the middle of summer until just after Christmas all over and then we were in the middle east for a little bit and then and we were in japan uh for a while and, and when when we sort of read the the situation and realized that we probably shouldn't get stuck in a country that we don't speak the language mm. uh, and have no chance of of really understanding uh, how to deal with with an emergency scenario uh, and we came back but um so yes at times of it we were this is this is insane because we couldn't really we, we were so limited in what we could do but at other times the most beautiful and magical moments were ones that could never have been planned and only happened because of their uh, their enthusiasm and naivety and, and, and experience and, and just sheer kind of joy of life. Because that's a massive thing, isn't it? I think as parents, you kind of forward plan, you think, oh, I'm going to do this because it's going to be amazing and it's going to be so good. All of the magical moments were, were completely unscripted and completely just happened in the moment. Isn't that beautiful? 
Yeah. And the moments you would have thought would have been lovely, like, look at this beautiful scenery. And No, not even that. It, and it was, it was always unexpected. And it just had to, you had to let, allow yourself to be in the mindset for that to happen. And uh, it just, you know, everybody's moods to align. And, and it worked out. And, and I think the more sort of flexible you are and, and less tied to a structure of how it might be, the, the more likely it is that that will happen. You have to kind of adjust your expectations, don't you? Yes, uh, or have zero. <laughs> <laughs> then anything is a bonus. <laughs> so I'm going to take you back to actually the ar- arrival of your son. Yes. Um, how was that? What was that like? Uh, well, as I said, you know, my granny asked me, are you ready? And I said, no. And she goes, nobody ever is. Um, so he was born in New York and it, it's the, this, this very strange notion of, you don't really get it until that they're there. And it's what struck me most was that new humans really truly know nothing and, and it's up to you to teach them everything. And, 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 and that attempt to explain everything and boil it down to the most simple basic steps i realized that there was a lot that i had forgotten and at that point in time which was around you know two second half of 2015 it felt like a lot of functioning adults in western society had forgotten too just that you know there was a lot of anger present at that time and and it sometimes it takes for you to snap yourself out of that uh, and and so the it it's a it's 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 a strange experience, but it's it's a magical one too. And you know, for the first several months of their life, they don't understand a word you're saying, and so all the talking that you're doing is is as much for your own benefit as as it is for theirs. Um, and and that's no bad thing though. I can remember my father-in-law actually saying when um, so my first son Buzz, when he was first born, my father-in-law, who was a caretaker at the time, um, just kept saying to me, "Just talk to him. Just say anything." Yeah. Because he'll he'll just be absorbing it or taking little bits of it, and it doesn't actually matter what you say as long as you are communicating. Yep, and because they pick up on body language and tone and and uh, emotion much more succinctly than. Than than they do in the actual words, and actually probably much more succinctly than adults do, because they're mm-hmm. still sort of small and curious and and very receptive to the mood and the tone. Would you say that you had an instant bond, or would you say it was something that kind of grew as time went on? Well, both. I mean, definitely both. But the the the, the instant I think the instant bond that I had was more to the idea and to just a, a sheer respect and appreciation for my wife. Um, and yeah, I think it is slightly harder for the father to get that kind of connection right off the bat because there's, you know, there's that idea of the fourth trimester where there's not a lot happening uh, and uh, outwardly. Uh, so it's hard to, to find anything to connect to or, or connect with. And, um, and and I nobody really points that out to you, but so it's like I felt that my role was making sure that that mama was happy and therefore he was happy and uh it's it's when the, when those little first facial expressions start to happen a couple of months down the road that it, it really it it kind of comes down with a with a thundering crash i think because there's always so much expectation on both sides uh, for the mum and the dad to kind of feel something straight away and actually sometimes when that doesn't happen yeah and, like, I'd, I'd, for, it, it and can... talking to my friends was like for for dads it it more often doesn't happen because it's mm. just it's this this huge responsibility and without you know for lack of a better way of putting it without without any immediate emotional payback and and it's 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 hard to just sort of wrap your head around 
what what it is that you're supposed to feel and because you're not feeling it because it's an intuitive thing then there's a guilt that sets in but I, th- I think that's quite natural because it, it does happen and for everybody at their own pace yeah I think the more we talk about it the better for people that kind of feel that and then feel that guilt and then yeah. more and more kind of barriers go up whereas if you talk to someone about it and they get oh yeah I, I have the same yeah yeah no absolutely Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Obviously, working on children's books, that's a huge part of what you do. Did you have a have a sense of what you would be like as a dad, and have you surprised yourself? Not really, because I mean, I've always said that I, I I've tried to refrain from calling my books children's books because I I think that alienates people who aren't children, and there are plenty of people yep. uh, who are fans of my books who are not children or don't even have children, um, and and in fact, I I think some of the best books written on a number of subjects take the form of picture books, which is what I like to call them. And it's just like it's a, a, a topic boiled down to such economic simplicity that it can be enjoyed by anyone. Uh, yeah. And no, I didn't have, I, I, I didn't have an expectation and I don't try to place it on myself because it's different by different moods and by different days. Uh, and the funny thing is that my, my wife is actually much better at doing you know, like arts and crafts activities with them than I am because I, I, I run out of patience because I'm not doing it the right way. <laughs> <laughs> but that makes sense, though, because you're an artist and yeah. what you create, it's, you know. Yeah. Talking of work, though, how do you juggle it? How do you, do you have to keep your work life and your home life quite separate? Well, yes. The The last year, we knew that we were going to be taking the year off. So the year prior to taking the year off, I had to work extra hard, which was tough. Because um, I'd, I'd be there to, I'd bring my son to school, uh, and then I'd be home at dinner time and for for bedtime, and then I'd go back to the studio, um, and it, and it was you know I was working eighteen hours a day while trying to fit in a couple of the basic home things every day, and then for the last for the last basically eight or nine months, I have not been more than ten feet from them for <laughs> all twenty four hours of the day, uh, so and I haven't really been working. Um, I've been doing a little work with the film coming out and with that, the, the TED talk coming out, but uh, it it's I, I haven't found a, the right balance yet and I don't know what that's going to be. Mm. I imagine when you get back to your studio, it's that readjustment again. Yeah, because I don't want to work as hard as I did work. I knew that uh, a certain amount of work that needed to be completed before we left uh, and I got that done, but I don't ever want to work that hard again. I guess sometimes you have to push yourself one way and realise that you don't yeah. know what you don't want. Exactly. So here we are, uh, is the latest book. Well, it's, it is the latest book. You've just announced your next book as well, Yeah, I did, a, I did an Instagram live reading last night uh, of the, 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 the book that will 
follow on from the fate of Fausto, which was the latest one. Uh, and so where here we are was written for my son. Um, the, the one that I read last night that will come out in October is what we'll build. And it's written for my daughter. So talk me through, first of all, here we are. How did you come up with the idea? Cause I read somewhere that it was an idea that you've, you wanted to create something for your son. Yes. Well, no. Um, I didn't realize it was going to be a book at the start. As I was walking around explaining to him, uh, I, I just started writing down the things that I was saying. And at, at, at a certain point, I started writing him a letter. It's like, I'm going to give this letter to you when when you're old enough to read. But then as the as global events started panning out the way that they, they were at that point, I thought more people would benefit from this. And actually, this might make a really good picture book. And so quite quickly, it went from being just a letter from my son to being a picture book, which I managed to get finished and was out by the time he was two. It's it's technically a non-fiction picture book because it's just a matter of explaining the Earth's position in the cosmos, environmental, social responsibility, and the idea of what it is to, to be a new parent or to be a new person. And that's how that came about. And the follow-on book, sort of the companion book for that what we'll build is nothing like that at all it's it's more of an abstract poem written for my daughter just a list of these these plans of things that we're going to build together like these these plans for our together future it's called oh that's lovely so they're they're alike in sentiment but not in any other way really there was a gorgeous video that I found on your Instagram of of your son seeing the book for the first time yeah that's right yeah yeah and he was like he uh it struck us how cognitive he was at that point. Um, you know, we'd been reading the books and uh, he'd, he'd obviously been aware of, of my work, but whenever we showed it to him, he was starting to make connections that we hadn't pointed out before because he, well, he hadn't seen them before. And, and yeah, I, I, we, that was in Belfast. I'd come back from uh, HarperCollins in London with a dummy copy of the book and we went to my parents-in-law's house and my dad was there and, and my wife was there and I showed it to everybody. And it was only my wife thought to capture it on video. It's beautiful. And it's interesting seeing his reaction, seeing the people there, I imagine might be family, and yours. Was, is there a different sense of pride, especially because it's a book dedicated to him? Is there a sense of pride that comes with that and an emotion that comes with it? I don't know how to answer that, to be honest. There, there's a there, Yes, I was proud of the book that I made. And I, I was, I, I got a, a real emotional, um, emotional spur on knowing that he knew that it was for him. But I don't think it. I think there were two different things. I don't. I, I, I'm not sure that I was able to. It. It didn't make one feeling more powerful than the other. Just that there was two separate things going on. And have has having children affected you creatively in what you want to say? Like, has it? Maybe, and and that's what I've been. I've been wondering whether. It's the the having children that has has changed it, or whether it's just how crazy the world got in the last couple of years, and how yeah. obvious uh, the the impact of human activity on the planet was, and how upset I was by the by the anger of xenophobia, or whether I was noticing those things more because I was a parent. I can't quite pick them apart, but it's yes, definitely that there's a there's a. Uh, a kind of an urgency and a favor to my work now that whereas before it, it might have been a little more uh kind of just superfluous like just for the sake of it or just for being funny whereas now there's there's an actual kick and a point to it what parts of your own childhood would you love to pass on to your children i just think that the sense of innocence and not really worrying 
and just the the idea of having time to play and explore without being aware that everything was wrong and broken um and i and you know my dad definitely has said that yeah they were concerned whenever they're raising us but they just tried to shelter us from it to a degree and so i, I think that's probably something i would want to pass on it's really interesting is you obviously grew up in a time belfast where there was lots going on and now you've got young children and there's lots going on your parents dealt with it in a certain way and i wonder how much of what your parents did you're going to what those tools that you're going to use yeah and and so I, I think a lot of it is you can't really decide how you're gonna act you just you just do and it's yeah. it's got instinct and it comes from somewhere that's deep deep in there and um and hopefully it's it's coming from a good place because so much of parenting is is reactionary yeah oh, and even now you know thinking about you know you've been traveling around and you had big plans for a whole year of traveling but at some point you're going to settle again and are you are you wondering now where you settle yes but that's a different story yeah so i was wondering, has being a dad changed you yes it has when when we just had uh one son people would say can you remember what you did with your time before and my wife and i remember answering going yeah we do very well <laughs> that really funny question but now it's starting to slip away it was like well what did we used to do uh well how would we have spent all this time like we we barely get a conversation with each other yeah of course parenting changes in myriad ways it makes you question your own behavior your own motivation what it is that you're doing and what it is that you're imparting but it gets rid of a lot of the of the 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 faff as well of, of just the sort of the spinning your wheels and so uh, I, I don't know if it's changed me so much as it's I've, I've become a more concentrated version of myself now because I have to be both in terms of the effort that I have to spend on my own work and the where that effort is pointed. I always find that before having kids, writing a book for me, it would take however long it took. You know, I could get up in the morning, get new pajamas on, mm -hmm. get writing. I could be writing until 11 o'clock at night. Nothing, you know, can faff around, be as productive or unproductive as I liked. Whereas now that there are kids in the equation, you've got to kind of shrink that all down and make sure that whatever time you're working, you're working. And you've got to fa factor in everything else around it. Yeah. So it, it makes it, time is important. Yeah, no, it, it definitely is. And and we've been traveling, so we haven't really been working. But now we're here and we're in a small apartment. We're attempting to get a little bit of work done, and we're it's we're finding it tricky. So mm. the jury's still out. I'd, I'd be honest. I think working during this whole thing is going to be incredibly hard. Yep, it is. Just got to I, I do. I went back and forth. Uh, whether I was envious or sympathetic of my friends who were uh, were on their own because they got so much time for themselves, and and I think I've I've come down on the the reality that I'm I'm actually I'm sympathetic for them because yes, as much free time as they get, uh, it's the the connections with other with other people and uh, is is as I said is one of the most important things that we have. Yeah, because I think even though you know there might be times where it's frustrating, dinner times might not go as planned, there might be bickering in my house, you still get that hug mm -hmm. you, you still get that love that's coming back and like so that love is always there whereas i think actually if you were on your own i think i'd miss that physical connection yeah so i wrote a book this year that was a series of letters on motherhood and i literally wrote to myself my husband my own parents my children different body parts uh, and i was wondering if you could write a letter on being a dad who would you write to and what would you say oh I mean, just off the top of my of, of my head, I would probably write it to to my son, 
uh, and I'd probably try and impart some of the wisdom that my own dad gave me. And I'll, I'll never forget, he, whenever we told him that we were going to have our first son, not his first grandkid, and I said, go on, dad, lay it on me. What's the, what's the secret? Uh, you raise four good boys in a turbulent time in a turbulent place. What is the secret? And his initial reaction was, oh, I don't know. I was making it up as I went along. But then we were, he was dropping me to Dublin Airport from Belfast, which is like a two-hour drive. And just before I got out, he said, you know, I've been thinking about that. And actually, I do think I have something. He says that just be consistent. Like whatever you feel, however you feel, just feel that and be consistent at that. It was like, it's a turbulent world out there. And I just tried to be a safe harbor. So you'd always know how I would feel. That's lovely. Has your relationship changed with your dad since having kids? Uh, no, I've always had a tremendous relationship with, with my dad. And uh, it's, yeah, if anything, it's it's got deeper and, and strengthened, but it hasn't changed in any way. It's interesting as well, because obviously now we're all away, away from each other and apart. So my life now is on Zoom calls or FaceTime with my family. and uh, And in a way, I feel like we're actually talking to each other a lot more because we're forced to sit... And look at a computer rather than actually sometimes if you are with each other, there's other stuff going on. There's something on the TV. You'll eat like there's always so much noise around that. Whereas actually being away from each other, you get that focused time. And I wonder, actually, because you were living in New York and away from them, have you had that sort of that direct chat for quite some time? No, actually, I've, I'm always very bad at, at the, on, on the telephone because <laughs> if I'm not looking, I'll, I'll tend to not concentrate that much. Uh, I just don't really like spending time on the phone. But because of, there's no choice these days, I do find it easier to do a visual, like a, a Zoom call or a FaceTime call than, than to just speak on the phone. Um, and I do try to do that periodically with friends uh, and with family. Uh, and my my dad and my three brothers will every day will will do a, a FaceTime call all together, not for very long, just sort of checking yeah. in with each other. But uh, it's it's every day. Um, so I finish every podcast by asking you three questions. Okay. Well, asking you to complete three sentences. Okay. Uh, so being a dad means. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say they were going to be easy. <laughs> uh, less time for me. Since having children, I care more about the future of society. And I'm happy when? Uh, when I'm working and my children are laughing. No, there's nothing like laughter. Makes everything fine. Yeah. Um, and more info on, on um, where people can find Here We Are Now. We're, here we are. The film can be watched on Apple TV. And then Here We Are, the book can be bought in any good bookshops. But support independent bookshops because they need you now more than ever. Yeah, they really do. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.